Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. I am your host, Melody Edmondson. Welcome to the Variety Channel, and thank you so much for tuning in to my show, The Space of the Waste. If you have missed some of our episodes, please go to www.voiceamerica.com and put in the space of the waste, W-A-I-S-T, and my show will come up and you can see all of the previous recorded and live shows that I've had since the 1st of January. Um, I would like very much to introduce uh, Mike Edwards, who is here today. He has uh, been a e-commerce executive and strategic retail CEO and presidents for over 35 years. And he has been with leading publicly traded and privately held retailers and major billion dollar transformations have been made. He's very skilled in driving optimization across digital marketing, merchandising, sales, and technology. Uh, Mike is focused on driving long-range growth that is sustainable, data-driven, and customer-centric. Mike holds a Bachelor of Science in Business and Marketing from Drexel University, and he and the organizations under his management have received the American Heritage Award for the Anti-Defamation League for Leadership and Commitment to Diversity equity and inclusion, as well as brand of the year from the International Council of Shopping Centers. And additional recognitions include Entrepreneur of the Year finalists from Ernest & Young and Multi-Channel Merchants Customer Service Award of the Year. We will now bring Mike on and you can tell us a little bit more about what you've been doing and what you uh, have accomplished in, as of late, the athleisure wear. Welcome, Mike Edwards. Uh, Thank you, Melanie. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Just to uh, maybe frame it up for the audience, um, we're talking about the activewear market, which uh, I was um, CEO of a company called Lucy Activewear, um, starting in 2004 and at the time uh, there wasn't a lot of interest in activewear Um, there was a belief that uh, yoga pants couldn't scale and it would be too small of a niche market so um, there were really three companies that that existed at the time one was lululemon in canada Um, the other was uh, the activewear in portland oregon and the third was athleta uh, which was based in um, the bay area um, and, uh, and then, but it, it didn't mean that there wasn't performance wear out there because Nike and other performance brands always had, uh, you know, a selection of what they call women's sportswear, which was more built for team sports and, and athletic use, um, versus, uh, what eventually came, um, true for active wear is that, um, one is, was, not age restrictive. So um, it didn't matter if you were high school or you were um, in your later years, uh, the comfort performance uh, worked in whatever you really wanted to use the product for. So um, you sort of of saw Lululemon creating a brand around uh, the true yoga environment and spirituality. Um, And then you sort of saw Lucy taking more of a Chica's approach to um, we're more comfortable, we're more flexible, we have more fashion. And then you saw Athleta falling closely along uh, Lucy, but was really focused on sort of Northern California lifestyle, swim, surf. And you sort of had this all come together. Um, But what probably all of us learned very quickly is that 
we really had no idea how big this market would be. Um, at the time, I had thought that over a few years, I could probably get our brand to four or $500 million. Um, Lululemon was just a little north of that. Um, today, Lululemon is approaching almost $5 billion and is one of the most profitable apparel brands in the world. Uh, and the market has grown dramatically and globally. Um, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're um, in Japan or you're traveling Europe or you're anywhere in the United States, you're going to see some form of active work. And um, what, what was not known to us <clears throat> at the time was that uh, the uses were beyond how we imagined. So if you want to travel comfortably, it was the number one choice of women uh, to get on a plane and have something light and comfortable. Uh, if you wanted to go to a gym, you could use it, no problem. If you had any other workout routines, and it really didn't matter what the activity was, the product worked. Um, even today, being an avid offer, um, the women at our club wear primarily active wear uh, when they're out on the course. So um, it, it then, you know, sort of, uh, took on the term activewear because um, it really was lifestyle. And that created the explosion. And the other great thing about the product is that it generally lasts forever. Um, mm -hmm. If you wash it and treat it well, it's, it's good, sturdy product. It's very basic by nature. Um, you don't have to update your wardrobe every season. Um, and and it also could it, it covers the spectrum of very expensive or or sold by the mass like Target at a very affordable opening price point. And that fast forward ten years, yoga pants sell denim in the United States, and no one ever dreamed um, that that would be the case. Uh, and it, it would be the hottest growing apparel segment for ten years in a row. Um, and Still growing, still growing uh, a year. And then you got COVID. Yeah. Um, they're, well, I just want to be comfortable when I'm home. That's right. You know, I'm running errands. I'm doing work. I'm sitting on Zoom calls. <laughs> and, you know, what, what, what great apparel to wear. Um, so that sort of my opening uh, into where it came from, how it evolved, and why it's growing today. Um, and I'll just stop there, Melody, for a second and see if there's any questions or different directions you want to go. Well, um, do you think, how do you think, uh, in order to keep it growing, realizing that there are many people getting into it that never did, uh, me being one, because, um, you know, it's kind of like, if everybody, if you go to your gym or you go on a walk and everybody has on blue lemon or athletic or you or the new Puma lines or whatever, you have a tendency to think, you know, maybe I will pick up some new things. I've had these yeah. a while, and you know, there's newer looks, there's newer tops. Yeah. So, and I did read that the tops were the number one category, that the shirts with 30% of the sales yeah. and then all the other things, including leggings. Uh, but when we started, they were 40% of it. But like you say, they last. Yeah. They do is they diversify and get the prints. And, you know, they have all of these little itsy people that make them to fit you. Yeah. They aren't the best prices, but, you know, there are prices out there at Walmart and the Gap and Old Navy and Target and Adidas and, some of those in Reeboks and all of that, but the um, newer lines, there are even designers that are going into it, like Prada. Yeah. I bought an incredible Prada jacket and yeah. like a, it's kind of like a pant or a skirt. It looks like a skirt, but it's really got legs, but it's great to go to the spa, to get a massage, to go get your lashes yeah. done or to go get a facial. I mean, you look dressed, you're not in a caftan, but you're not in yoga pants. You look a little bit. And that's what I think the designer designers, meaning in the designer price range of uh, 
like Rebecca Valance and Prada that are in Gucci now and, and Versace are doing, uh, it kind of replaces in many ways for people their casual wear yeah. and or their dressy casual right. even because if you're going to have lunch after you still feel dressed up enough to go to a cute restaurant in California or New York or Arizona or wherever Colorado wherever you're living you feel that because it's designer or even even Lululemon or Lucy um, that and some of the others when it doesn't look too 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 casual and sometimes you can slip off your tennis shoes and on a smart looking flat or a smart looking tenue that's dressier and you've got a a whole great outfit that's just another category of clothing but it does seem that it is taking away from sportswear but what i don't think it's taking away from is the dressier clothes you still have to go to weddings you still have to go to bar mitzvahs you still have to go to christenings you're going to have your dressy clothes and your occasional clothing and you're still going to have your when you want to dress to go to dinner at night yeah. and most of us, whether we're wearing jeans or wearing skinny pants or wearing now fit and flares everywhere. Uh, most of the time that is not going to be your athleisure wear, but it's going to be something else. So we still yeah. have other categories of clothing, not to mention the jewelry, because even if they're in their ath- athleisure wear, what I'm noticing and I noticed on the golf course before I, had John give all my golf stuff away was that everybody still had their jewelry on, you know, their nice jewelry and, and everything else. So uh, there are other categories that are still moving, but I do think there's a change in the landscape. I do think that this, I don't agree with everybody that it, and not that everybody says it, but many people say people have been home too long. They don't want to no, people have been home so long that they are used to being comfortable. Yeah. And they may not wear the four-inch heels during the day. Maybe just for a four-hour night, you bet you have four or five-inch heels, but not during the day. They are switching it up, and I think they are doing uh, smart-looking tennis shoes, smart-looking flats. Never seen so many flat shoes sell, and I never wore a flat in my life, but now I'm wearing a flat. Yeah, and uh, you can move around pretty quickly in those flats, you know, uh-huh. unlike the even four or three and a half inch heels. But there's plenty of categories. But where do you think athleisure will go next in order to, uh, you know, spice it up, so to speak? Well, it's starting to really influence um, almost every brand and category. So if you if you go into a Tommy Bahama, you're going to see three or four active shirts um or if you go into the golf rack at the pro shop you're going to see very active product um and uh you know you, you also now starting to see it influence children's wear so that used to be sort of off limits but now that's you're seeing performance fabrication that's in right um in terms of the mix and match i think that will continue because you can wear jeans with a performance top and vice versa. You can wear yoga pants with a nice top and a jacket. Um, so I think it's sort of everyday lifestyle influence that continues to keep the category growing uh, and, and probably will for a long time. I, do too. I mean, the, the business casual will come back and then maybe formal again. It's all a cycle. Yeah. Um, and I just uh, got finally convinced my husband to buy the theory Clinton blazer, which is a Ponte knit and it's out of stock all the time, but it's back in right now. And my friend uh, Mike Dees was on the show and did a menswear show. And he talked about this fantastic Ponte knit jacket, which really kind of reminds me of a double knit a knit in Navy and black. And it comes in gray. But anyway, I, talked John into buying buying that one and I found him two others that I also bought but he likes them all and what it is is you can wear that with your jeans if you're a guy what I'm saying is moving into that evening place yeah. go out for dinner and you can wear nice jeans 
leather driving shoe, a nice belt, a white collared polo shirt, and you know, like a white polo shirt or black or whatever. You all of a sudden with that jacket on, all of a sudden it brings it up, you know, brings the look up. It's not like just wearing jeans and a shirt or just jeans and a t-shirt. I've gotten him to do it several times now. And you could also wear it with other kinds of pants if you don't want to wear jeans. Because I, I, my brother-in-law was here and he doesn't like to wear jeans. He doesn't think they're as comfortable as everybody else thinks. But I, I kind of like the look with jeans because to me, it keeps it in a kind of a cool category. But, you know, black pants can look great or you could even do a some of the different fabrications in uh, like a linen or, you know, a gabardine type uh, fabrication, or of course, linens of all kinds. Yeah. And, and, and wear that with that jacket in a multitude of colors. And then all of a sudden you got another look. And I think there will be other jackets and there will be other pants that are developed in that. Yeah. I saw, and I usually don't go to any of these, but a girl, Ask me what is the name of it now i can't remember the name of that line oh i want to say colby callie i think it was it's one of these at home that shows where you uh, brings over a bunch of clothes and you sell you know you you buy them from the silhouettes anyway long story short i bought a pair of navy uh ponty knit trousers from her and ended up buying four more because that is on the same level as the theory jacket. And I ended up buying theory has done women's pants in fabric, but I have yet to see them in men's, but they probably are in men's. I didn't look when I was looking for John, because he's not going to wear the same kind of fabric on the top and the bottom uh, in that knit. You're starting to see the the product come out in the market now. It's almost the positioning is sort of the, everyday pan that you can wear in any situation from that's right again it travels to sitting on a plane for eight hours that's right you certainly can and even lululemon has a man's uh ponty knit jacket and uh got that one for him too and then nordstrom's had one uh that looked kind of like denim but it wasn't but it was more of a end-on-end woven, so it looks even more casual than you know the uh theory or the lululemon and of course he liked the theory best and then next he likes lululemon because it's lighter weight than the theory one yeah so it's out here when it's 100 degrees you know you can kind of it's enough to get him in the gym <laughs> and then keeping it on is another story yeah so tell me how you the rest of how you see, especially for women's wear, going forward, how are they going to do it? I mean, I think it's, 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 it's going to be an evolution. So, you know, it's continuing on what the consumer wants and uh, how they're buying and that they're comfortable with it, most importantly. So once you get someone locked into your fit and your brand, Mm-hmm. They don't need to go to the store anymore so they can continue to buy online. That's the key um, is making the fit yeah. consistent. And right. even when you change designers, this is another thing I was speaking to all these 3D uh, people that you can take a picture like from Big Thinks, who's my favorite thus far. And uh, they have two photographs you can take of yourself for their 3D scanner. And I've just uh, talked them into using my measurements for the space of the waist from under the bust line, like at the bottom of a girl's bra and down to where her waist nips in below the rib cage. Some women have even more space below the rib cage down to their hips. Uh, Depends on how high their arm, where their waist is and how, it, it doesn't seem to matter how long or how short the torso is. It just needs yeah. to be how far, how much room do you have under your bust down to your waist? Because that's going to determine if you can wear a belt or if you can wear something tucked in, you can wear a dress with a seam across there. I am five, seven and a half, 
and I have three and a half inches between my boots and my waist, and I have high hips. There's no way in hell I can ever wear a belt or ever wear a seam across the waist. And my shoulders are broad and I have boobs. So I need fitted clothing that shows your shape or straight lines that if somebody want to add a belt, let them add it. I can add it to my hips. Uh, but I can't add it to my waist because there's just no space there and it doesn't look beautiful. Yeah. It doesn't look good on me. And you see a lot of women that don't get that. They're thin, they're tall, and they put on a dress and there's like four inches fabric above where the belt is. It's because their waist length is not that long. They right. have this, this much instead of the seven inches, you know, they have maybe this much or this much. And this is even on tall girls. I have found a lot of 5'11", 6'2", friends, 5'10". I have three tall friends and they're all short-waisted because they only have about six or seven inches and they're supposed to have, you know, like nine inches in there because they're tall, but they don't. That's the beauty of the performance because yes, it that's really what adapts to various fit sizes in Does. general be impossible to accommodate. Right, right. Yeah. And the same with the the tops, because you can do talls. And yeah. if somebody's long-waisted, they can buy the tall, because exactly. I've had short girls, because usually the long waists have very short legs. Like they have this really long waist, they can wear great big thick belts and lots of space before their boobs and lots of space before their hips. And then they have little short legs. That's okay. You can yeah. buy, like Lucy, you could buy in links. Yeah. My friend Shirley Wagner, who's an artist who will be on the show uh, November 22nd, wanted me to make sure I told you that Lucy was her favorite, favorite pants and that she, the day knew the Tucson uh, yeah. store was closing, went in, and that lady had found her 12 pairs. You could buy yeah. them all because Shirley is 5'10", and she has a beautiful hourglass figure. Yeah. Those were long enough yeah. in the legs for her because you had the talls. Yeah. So I think that's another way to go with this. I think that's what it's taught us is men have always had short regular and long okay women need to have that in all their trousers and as you change up your fabrics like do some of the ponte and do some of the more going out for dinner fabrications to be that in jackets or trousers or skirts like a nice skirt in that could be fabulous as well whether it's fitted in paired or like a the mermaid which everybody likes it's real tight and then it flips out yeah. that looks good on curvy girls as well as like your daughters and your wife the tall thin yeah. girls and the beauties the model type bodies are going to look great in everything but they're going to love it as well and i do think you're going to get into prints and stripes and florals and then the mixing and matching thereof Absolutely. because I have some yoga pants that I bought. I don't know if she's still on there. My yoga instructor always had these really cool yoga pants and all these various prints. I'm not really a print girl, but I've started doing it because I've been alive on the planet and I've worn black for 50 years. So I decided it would be kind of nice maybe for the next 50 if I wore something different. But she had these florals and, you know, uh, uh, polyhedras and celestial things and all kind of prints and it looks so good but you know the lady didn't make the woman who made the yoga pants did them custom to your rise and your waist and your length but you didn't ever do like a long lean jacket mm -hmm. or for the ones that can wear the short jackets but for me i would need a long lean straight jacket nothing short that would look terrible on me i would look like a a gummy man with a little box and these long legs hanging out. You need a long lean jacket when you have that much leg. And, but they, they didn't do this. You always had to wear black, but, uh, and which Lululemon had and which Lucy had. So we were okay, but we were always wearing black and it gives you a reason to buy another piece. Probably. Yeah.
and a top to go with it. I mean, come on, let's do it. Yeah. Especially if you're going to wear it on to lunch, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in that way. And you can add to that what you think, what else it'll lead to. Well, I mean, I think we've probably covered the main areas in which it's going to grow or expand or influence. Um, the, the bigger trend is, is that it really goes to more of a healthy lifestyle philosophy. Um, you know, the baby boomers are retiring, but they walk every day or they play golf or they have whatever their activities. But, you know, that's all part of, you know, as you see health and wellness as a market grow with, you know, foods and vitamin supplements and yeah. health and wellness activities. And now pickleball is like the rage. Um, all these are, are, are being fueled with you um, to keep the industry super healthy. Yeah. And I think many people are doing it all under the same umbrella, like this girl I've got on next week, Marcy Zeroff. She not only has her sustainable clothing, which is her main thing, but she, excuse me, now she does food and she grows her own cotton. Yeah. And I mean, she's got everything under her umbrella and she is huge. And if you're on LinkedIn, you'll see her on there a lot. And she's a young girl, you know, yeah. Gen Z and she's not Gen Z, but Gen Z and uh, Gen, the baby boomers and the Gen Xers, I think, but mainly the Zs, they're not, they love something different but they also want to be casual and they all do just as you say, uh, as far as health and reading the labels, I'm sure your girls are like, dad, this is one day past <laughs> the date in your refrigerator, right. but it's, they're very concerned about the planet. They're very yeah. concerned about the environment and what they put in their bodies and the kind of water they drink and, and they want to walk everywhere they possibly can. Totally. Yeah. So it's a generational thing. And they're 90. Somebody told me it's $90 billion. Anyway, Mike, I have to go. We have used up all of our time. I can't believe it. It seems like we just started. Uh, wait a minute. Four minutes to a break. Oh, he's having me do a break. Okay. okay. We'll do a break. All That'll right. be fine. We can do that. We'll see you when we get back, Mike. Thanks. I'll talk okay. to you in just a second. He'll put us back on. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Melody Edmondson has created a book series available on Amazon.com. The Space of the Waste series is comprised of a body shaped by a waist length and will have all the information you need to dress and accessorize beautifully. You choose yours after first buying book one, The Guidebook, your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waist. This is a new method of determining your body shape and your waist length termed the space of the waist. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You are listening to The Space of the Waste 
To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thespaceofthewaste at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you for tuning back in to the Space of the Waste. Today we have Michael Edwards. From, he's uh, in the athleisure wear, and he's been talking to us about the exponential growth it's had and how huge this industry has become. It's like a 332 almost billion dollar industry. And not only has he been uh, CEO of several companies, he has he's a visionary. So he has come up with lots of ways that he thinks it's going to adapt to uh, what's going on in the world. And as we get more and more into the health and wellness and from what's happened on COVID years and people working at home and wanting to be comfortable as well as people for the first time putting online. And a lot of that is dependent on the same fit every time they buy something, which is something that is very, very, very important going forward to grow this industry. So I think the 3D scanners are a good thing that, and I mentioned the big fix, uh, thinks um, that is B-I-G-T-H-I-N-X. Uh, they have a 3D scanner and they also manufacture merchandise. And we will also be taking care into effect all of the, the waste links, which is important to me. And that pretty much is uh, something that we have been talking about. But what's driving it, Mike says, a lot of it is the health and wellness, because the young Young Zers out for a huge market. Um, they're very into that. They're very aware uh, humans. They're very aware of their environment and or put it in their bodies, and and they want to be able, you know, go to school, then go work out, then you know, ride their bike or walk home and eat a healthy meal. And so the direction to me looks like it's continuing on and on. It's just going to transform. And, and what is what do you want to add, Mike? Well, I think it it transforms just like many of the other apparel categories in the sense that um, color and style and fashion change and evolve. Um, and I don't ever see that really slowing. Um, there'll be more innovation and fabrication as we go. Uh, and a lot of it will be focused on sustainability and, um, and uh, having more of this conscious approach around the brand, which is super important to the uh, young consumers today uh, that like to affiliate with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, as long as, uh, the comfort and fit remain and, and durability remain, the, the product will be in demand <clears throat> for um, men and women and that like performance or active wear or lifestyle, like lifestyle kind of products. Yes. So we'll cut the returns out because yes. you'll know your size. That is so key what you said about Fit. Yeah, because uh, it's got to be consistent in its fit, you know, and that will be the then you know that's my brand. I'm going to buy that brand. I'm going to get on there, and I know it fits me. So I need four more pairs of yoga pants, you know, or four more active pants yeah. and four jackets and twelve t-shirts or whatever, and then you're set for the summer. <laughs> well, I read this morning that almost uh, three fourths of the consumers surveyed in the footwear industry will buy online going forward. Um, and that is a fairly radical shift. Yes, because they're hard to fit. They're hard to fit. They don't know, at least I don't know, um, until I'm trying them on or I walk with them or I wear them for a while. 
But again, it's showing that brand these brands have decided this is what this is our fit model. This is how it works. Yes. We'll get you on board with it. It's so weird that brand the buying online now yes. influencing in-store. Yes. Because you know, I help many, many, many of my friends around Tucson go shopping. So the first thing I do is take them out to Saxoff Fifth. And I get them in the dressing room to take them all this stuff. And I may tell you, heck, I mean, heck, I'm only allowed one customer show and I've already used it. So I'm telling you, it was heck time to close because they had it merchandised by, by brand yes. instead of by classification. So if you wanted a skirt, you had to look at 900 wraps. Yeah. I mean, it was insane to shop in there. And she didn't have a favorite brand because she is a dancer and she has this incredible body, but she's short and she has a very long waist and shorter legs. So again, it was, uh, it was luckily I am very fast and I go in there so often I know where everything is and I know the manager so I could help her, but it's showing me that this buying online is, is influencing now retail. Yeah. Oh, very much so. And, um, that also drives um, more design innovation because you have better data. So right. you, know, you really understand what they're looking at, what they skipped over, what they bought, what the customer reviews are telling you. And you would never get that information out of a retail store because you just had POS data or you had, you know, hopefully you had knowledgeable sales team that could tell you what was really going on because the numbers were a lag. And but, it could be something so subtle, like yeah. a, like it's not pink selling, but which hue of pink, yeah. you know, and now all of that's online. You know, they have numbers that they put by fuchsia, light pink, you right. know, mid pink, whatever. You're right. You get much more detail and faster because yeah. it's when they're buying it, you know. And you, and you can do small lots online so you don't have to go the full production. So, again, it keeps innovation going, but you know, with, with all apparel, but particularly performance apparel, um, the size variations, not only in the region of the country, but globally are very different. Mm -hmm. uh, as Chinese, well as, Japanese, yeah. American, German, they all, they have to do different lines right. for different countries. And warm climates, cold climates, mm -hmm. on it totally changes the mix a little bit, but probably have one category of apparel the, the reason a lot of retailers love this category is because there's not ever a pressure to look down. Um, it's very basic product. So if you want to discontinue the line, that is your product. But you're not sitting there saying, I have to get rid of this collection. Incomes another rate behind it. So that's why Lululemon has had the, the highest margins of any retailer. Because um, they figured that out from the beginning. You'd see the same Lululemon pan in there for four years. So, yeah, they don't throw out what works, yeah. you know? And it used to be that way with Donna Karen when it was the designer line. Yeah. Uh, that's why so many of us liked her. She would use the same fabric, but do different silhouettes. So if you bought like the black, way back when, the black stirrup pant and the beautiful blazer with the shoulder pads, the next... A uh, year or two years later, she might do a new skirt or a new jacket or a new pant, but it's in the exact same dye lot, the exact same color of black, because there are a million colors of black, and you could put that right together. And of course, she was gearing everything toward the working woman, because that's when it was happening in the 80s and 90s, is women right. that grew up in this, uh, went to college in the 60s and 70s were now out in the workforce and were going to New York and approaching 30 and had a little money to spend because they still had apartments, not homes and no cars and no kids. So they could spend more money on their clothing. But uh, I do think that's going to happen again in this category that you're in with this yeah. lack of, it will be faster, easier, quicker. And because the fit is going to be right with the 3D or whatever they decide, they are going to have fewer returns and 
let me tell you, I was never an online shopper because I like to go out there, you know, go shop in a bunch of stores, go to lunch. But you know what? I've started buying online because I know what fits me and I know what fabrics, I know what they really ship you compared to the photograph, you know, so there's just certain things I avoid because I want it to be a higher quality. So I know the brands I trust. I know the ones I don't. And sometimes when they change designers, they cut. And I'm not going to mention names, but there was one that I used to love their dresses and they were never over $1,200 for a silk dress. Now that same price is for polyester. I'm not going to do that. I don't wear polyester because it's bad for your body, bad for the environment. It gives you a rash. You get hot in it. It doesn't breathe. There's just no reason to buy it. You're going to throw it away. So so people are, and I I have written them and I have written their president and their CEO. And I have said, you know, make your prices higher if you have to, but have it be silk and cotton. Nobody wants to buy this line in polyester at this price because there are all of these that have that. I mean, you can go to Maggie London. You can go to somebody else. You can go to TJ Maxx. We don't want that from you. We want something elegant and beautiful. But some people, they just are not and cannot pay over $1,200 for a dress that they're going to, not wear that often, like say it's a mother of a bride or something like that. But if they all go to fake fabrics just to be cheaper, I don't think that's the way to go. I think we're gonna become timeless, more like the Europeans, buy fewer things, better things, and have them last longer. Yes. Yeah, the the hand-me-down market is really growing. Oh yeah. And- Vintage. Vintage. it's always been big in the premium children's category. Um, it's probably going to catch up to this category as well because you, you can clean it up, dress it up, and have it ready for resale. Absolutely. Um, you know, a ninety-dollar pair of yoga pants can go for twenty. Yep, exactly. And the Chanel bags that are fifty-five, well, they're actually nine thousand now, can be bought for five thousand. Yeah or a bag that, that they don't even make anymore, you know, yeah. that you can get for sometimes some of them for 3,500 if they're, they're smaller ones, but to buy that today would be eight. And I also see, I have read and spoken to the first company to ever have a master file of all the vintage clothes. And they do it by year, by style, color, everything is Gem Search, mm-hmm. G-E-M, Lisa Joiken. She's from the Netherlands, and now she's in New York doing it there. And then I spoke to another girl in the same thing you were talking about, vintage clothing. Her name is uh, Audette, Aura Audette. And she's in France now. No, she's in the UK, but was in France. I was born in France, moved to the UK. Her family's from West Africa, but she said no one can handle any more landfill. Not China, not Africa, nobody. So she also is taking clothes, vintage clothes, and do, you know, she's done them for movies, for TVs, for, for theater, for everything. Uh, remaking them, restyling them, because a lot of kids, no, other than the theater where you have characters, et cetera, but she, a lot of the Z generation is very interested in the 80s and 90s right now. So I I noticed that that is a big, fast-selling category uh, in antique shops right now because those those kids, uh, young adults, want to find something that's unique from the 80s and 90s, and then they want to wear it with their new jeans or whatever. Absolutely. That's fun. And because it's unusual, nobody else will have it. And I think that gets us to custom. Custom is another way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it is easy to custom. I mean, Lululemon's been hemming for years and no issue around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and do they charge you for it? Um, there is a small charge. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good area to go into if you because find the perfect pair of pants, and they're happy. Yeah. Right? Well, but if you go to, to Bloomingdale's or Bergdorf, you buy a suit. Your suit is 
altered for free where a woman has to pay her $500. Yeah. So I don't like that. I think all alterations should be free yeah. and it should be factored in to, you know, when they're deciding what they're going to price everything at, you know, but, you know, but yeah, I don't see, there isn't any real reason I can see why this market is going to foundationally slow down. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. And if it does, it'll just be a bit because of, and it'll be because of money. Yeah. People will have so much on, it'll depend on who, which, which generation, yeah. but it'll be because they have, like I've heard from friends of mine, my age, who's, daughters are married and have weddings to go to all the time and so they don't want to wear the same thing because they have different they have the same friends going to all the different weddings so for every they have to say i'm paycheck this month i have to save all money for the address that i have to buy gretchen's wedding or sally's wedding or whoever and then the next month they can say okay it's christmas is coming i gotta save for those gifts so it becomes like that they don't have all the money to put in one place, right. but they're not going to work every day outside of the home every day. Most people aren't. Some are, but yeah. most of they don't want to. It's true. And if they don't want to, they will quit their job before they'll go in and they'll yeah. get another job yeah. <laughs> quite easily. So I'm pretty happy that the, uh, F, the, uh, vintage clothes are picking up a little bit i hope yeah. that continues because that's one avenue to get rid of the things you know without having yeah. it go in landfill i mean the apparel still is the number one culprit in all landfills by far oh yeah so, so even if you go to sustainable fabrication or any of those kind of models which certainly are good um, for the environment it doesn't solve the landfill problem well, it does because it biodegrades in three to five years instead of 300 yeah. years. So there's yeah. a difference. And it'll take us a while to get there. But yeah. some of these forums like the Echo Fashion Corp and uh, Seed to Style. And then, of course, there's the Metalware. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother ball game going on yeah. that I hear is another $40 billion come, uh, yeah. area for Zers. And I don't know nearly enough about that to even talk yeah. about that. But I'm sure that come into years too, though. Athleisure wear, they're going to have these dynamite oh. outfits they can wear on their avatar. Oh, you, you know, and you may all, and all of those companies probably have their own worlds uh, going out there. Like Gucci has their own world. You buy the yeah. Gucci ice cream shop, the Gucci Bentley, the Gucci this, the Gucci outfit, the Gucci glass. I mean, or, or, or Nike would be all over it. I yeah. Mean, they have the most coveted sports names in the world. And, you know, and a very iconic brand. And Tommy Hilfiger even has yeah. it. So it's all ranges. But that's a whole new world that, uh, never say never, but I'm saying that is not going to be me. I want to go on a trip and yeah. not just take my knapsack with my make my night creams and my underwear and one pair of shorts and one pair of jeans and one t-shirt on a trip yeah. and show all of my pictures from the metaverse with all of this stuff that I don't own, but I've paid a third the price for. Yeah. I don't want to personally, I don't want to pay only 5,000 instead of 15,000 for a Gucci coat, yeah. just to have it on my, to have it on my photograph walking on the beach in wherever. So it's a different way of thinking, but I had a woman on here, on here show me all of these photographs. She could be in a million all over the world in various gold jewelry, Gucci, Saint Laurent, whatever, and didn't own a piece of it in the physical world, only had the metaverse clothing. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, a lot of people think it's just fantastic and whatever, but I, I think the only good thing about it is 
how your brain starts to work. And you say that you understand more how spiritually you create your own reality, create what you love by your thoughts and into the zero point energy field. So maybe in some long roundabout way, spiritually, it will help people, but it seems on the surface, very superficial. It looks to me too. (laughs) And very fakey. I mean, yeah. you know, and I actually want to go to dinner with my husband in the physical and look nice to him yeah. for him. You know, put a beautiful dress on, not just oh. show a picture of it when I'm really sitting there in a T-shirt and cutoffs. No, thank you. It, it just isn't why I even go on the vacation, right. you know, but I guess that's where it comes in. They just want to see the country, I guess, and don't want to do all that other stuff. And hey, that's just different priorities. And that's good, too. I'm just from another era. I I was born a long time ago. And uh, my grandma and my mother were both very, very, very creative and great dressers and they taught me all of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say, John gets so upset. And I say, John, it's my grandma's fault. <laughs> they, they have, uh, now nah, I have to take ownership of that. I decided to keep that trait. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of something else. Okay. Well, we're going to have to go, but I wanted to thank you so much oh, for coming welcome. on the show, Mike. And I wish, wish you everything wonderful in your life because you certainly deserve it and we thought highly of you when we first met you and you were a vp at west marine and now look where you are and we couldn't be prouder of you and so happy for you and your life all that you've accomplished and all that you're embracing day to day thank you for coming thank you john it was great to talk to everyone i will thank you so much and hope to see you sometime okay Tucson's got golf. I know. Hey, There's a start raining golf. here. I'm out. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Thanks again. Alrighty. Talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time.